You're listening to Doctrine and Duty, podcast of Brian Ray, Senior Pastor of Alexander Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia, where biblical theology meets everyday Christian life. Good day to you, beloved. Welcome back. Or if it's your first time, welcome for the first time to another episode of Doctrine and Duty. What a phenomenal podcast ministry of Alexander Baptist Church where we look at the doctrines of the Word of God and how those doctrines translate into duty, how we as believers are to live out our lives uh, as directed by the Scriptures. Sometimes we approach life based upon our feelings or our thoughts. Sometimes those feelings and thoughts determine and direct our theology. That is backwards. That is dangerous. That is why we have liberal theology and many cultural problems today. So our theology should always inform slash direct our beliefs, our feelings, our thoughts, our words, our actions, and our choices. If you've been keeping up with our ministry as of recent, you'll know that we are, I am, journeying through a doctrinal study of church unity, where we are looking at the theology of church unity, and then, of course, unity in general, and then, of course, of course, all the practical applications and ramifications of being united, united in Christ, united as a local church, uh, even united husband and wife, families, etc., etc. Today, we come to the glorious passage of Scripture in Colossians, Colossians chapter 3, Verses 12 through 17, reading from the ESV, Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Wow. I don't know if I've shared this uh, in a public podcast format, but I absolutely love the book of Colossians. It is filled to the max with doctrine and duty. He says, put on then. When the scripture many times in the New Testament specifically says put on, uh, it's it's a word that's used uh, for the putting on of clothes, like when you get up and you put stuff on. It says put on then, and of course it's going to tell us basically what we are to put on daily or how we are to daily live our lives as God's chosen ones. I, I love how there is a descriptor. Before before Paul even gets to what it is that we're to put on, he reminds us of who we are, which reminds us of whose we are. Never forget that. When you go out in public, uh, when you marry someone, when you go to school, when you choose a vocation, when you choose an educational facility, um, an institution of higher learning, in all of the things of life, remember both whose you are and remember who you are. He says, put on then as God's chosen ones. We who are saved have been chosen by God. We've been called out of our sins. We have been rescued. We've been set apart and set free to serve God and to, to serve others. So put on then as God's chosen ones. And then he says, holy and beloved, holy and beloved. We are to be separate. 
We're to be in the world, but not of the world. And we are beloved. We are the loved children of God. So that's who we are and whose we are. And who we are and whose we are should be the basis for how we live our lives and how we practice uh, doctrinal biblical unity. So put on then compassionate hearts. Kindness. We'll stop right there. Uh, compassion goes further than sympathy. Sympathy is, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. Compassion is, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. How can I help? What can I do? I'm praying now. Hopefully you see the difference. Our hearts should be compassionate. In other words, we should be moved to compassion toward those who are in need. Uh, you may remember in the Gospels when Christ looked upon uh, different crowds and he was stirred in his heart or moved in his heart. He was moved with compassion for the crowds. We also should be moved with compassion, compassionate hearts, and kindness. Oh, I've got a, I've got a word for that. Just be nice. Come on, people. <laughs> you know, we live in a day where it seems nobody is. Uh, and and what an opportunity for believers to show kindness, to, to really rock people's worlds or, you know, shock people. Uh, just kind of wake them up. They're... Uh, you know, kind of like the phrase, chivalry is not dead. Kindness is still alive. So compassion, hearts, kindness. Next, humility, meekness, and patience. I'm going to lump those three together. Uh, humility is the opposite of pride. Uh, humility seeks um, uh, to put yourself last, put God and others, God first and others next. Uh, humility doesn't seek its own. Humility doesn't brag. Humility resists uh, show and, um, you know, award, trophy mentality of what I deserve. Meekness, I love the definition I heard like when I was a teenager. Meekness is strength under control. Uh, meekness is strong gentleness. One of the descriptors of Christ is that he was meek. Uh, he was not weak. He was not a wimp. He was not a pansy, but his gentleness, his kindness, his strength was under control. And I love that. And then patience. Um, patience is that virtue that all of us must work toward and seek to attain. We're never told to ask for it. Uh, we're never told to pray for it. We're told to exercise it. And so we pray for God's movement in our hearts in such a way that we will choose to be a patient people. Uh, resisting, you know, fussiness, um, worrisome, uh, frustrated, antsy type of attitudes, but exercising patience. It says, bearing with one another. Uh, that's more than just putting up or t with or tolerating others, but bearing up with one another or bearing one another. It's, it's almost like being with one another in difficult times. So we are, uh, when someone is out of sorts or when someone is struggling or suffering, we are bearing with one another. We are, we are practicing a special type of compassionate, loving, caring sympathy. Uh, with others, and, and that is a, a unity issue. So bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. So one aspect of unity is is forgiveness. Um, it's really hard to be united with someone and to stay mad at them, or to not forgive them, or to become bitter toward them. You, you can't do that. And of course, the conditional statement that Paul gives to the church at Colossae, he says, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Christ would mention in, in the Gospels that, you know, basically, very loose translation, if you cannot forgive, you have not been forgiven. These are strong words. And if you think about it, if you have truly been saved, you have been forgiven by God, you have 
you were a rebel and you were not deserving of God's forgiveness, but in grace and mercy, God forgave you. In grace and mercy, we must forgive others. Now, sometimes it might take a minute. If the offense is severe uh, or you know long-term or, or deep-rooted or has caused terrible results or consequences, then sure, it might take a bit. But to have an attitude of forgiveness, that is the mindset of believers to where, look, I love you. Uh, I, I'm, I, I want to forgive you. I'm so upset with you because of what you've done to me. But look, I'm going to get there and just, just know it's going to take me a little bit to move to that situation. It says, uh, and above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Well, there you have it. Love is the foundation. Love is the basis. And if you think about it, um, we love Christ because he first loved us. We love others because God put his love inside of us. And uh, love is that foundation. Faith, hope, and love abide these three. The greatest of these is love. Uh, love binds everything together in perfect harmony, perfect unity. Um, it is impossible to have hatred in your heart and to be united with someone. It says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. As I've shared before, the only way that we as believers can have peace with God is through Christ. So it says, let the peace of Christ. It makes perfect sense. It is Christ's peace that he brings to us. But it says, let it rule in your hearts. That means that in unity, believers, whether it be at church, uh, home, marriage, family, wherever, believers can still experience unity and, and loving harmony even when we disagree because the peace of Christ should rule in our hearts. And it says, to which we're called in one body. So whether we like it or not, we're already united to other believers. The struggle we have is, is not positional unity. It is always practical unity. It is the, the playing out or the fleshing out of unity in our daily lives. And if we let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, and by the way, it has to, because you know what? You and I are sinful people, and we can let other things rule in our hearts, and those other things will lead us astray. They'll lead us astray in our relationship with Christ, and they'll bring harm and pain to our relationship with others. So let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. I love that. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, and let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Be thankful. I love how Paul just kind of slips that in between those, those two things. First of all, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, and next, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Oh, and right in the middle, don't forget to be thankful. Um, I have espoused for many years that believers should be the most thankful people in all the world. I challenge my church probably almost weekly, definitely monthly. They've, If they've been here any amount of time, they've heard me say it a gazillion times, um, that we are to be the most thankful people in all the world. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Uh, that helps with unity if you're a person of the Word, that you're in the Word daily. And it says this, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. One act or action that should promote church unity that we should be involved with is corporate worship. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Well, one of the best ways that the Word of Christ can dwell in you is by sitting under the preaching of the Word of God. And then another part of worship is singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. When we worship the Lord, we're thankful. When we sing songs about God and to God, we are thankful. And those songs take many different formats. And, and we praise the Lord for the various types of songs that we get to sing in our worship to Almighty God. And then verse 17 is the... Uh, it's the wrap-up statement, if you would. It's the summary statement, but it is one that I absolutely love. It says, whatever you do in word or deed, 
do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. So in everything we do, we really can and should be united because we are doing it in the name of Jesus and we're doing it for the glory of God, which is why we exist. We exist for the glory of God. And then he concludes verse 17 by saying, giving thanks to God the Father through him. All things that we have, all things that we are, are because of the Lord Jesus Christ, because of God's sending his one and only son to die in our place and for our sins. Glory to God. Amen? I, I didn't hear you. Amen? Still nothing. Oh, wait. Sorry, this is not church. This is not interaction. My bad. So I'm assuming you're saying amen. Amen? Praise the Lord. Hey, listen, I love this text, and I love you. I love the Lord. I'm thankful for you. And uh, turn more people on to the podcast ministry of Alexander Baptist Church. Turn me more people on to the the preaching ministry of Alexander Baptist Church. Join us online or in person and follow us at abch.org. Follow us on Facebook, Alexander Baptist Church, and follow the podcast ministry, Doctrine and Duty. Have a super day. Take care. Bye. You've been listening to Doctrine and Duty, a podcast of Alexander Baptist Church located at 4316 Pamela Court, Chesapeake, Virginia. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. and find us online at abch.org.